Athletes. Welcome into another edition of the greatest podcast in the entire world. Facts. I'm Seamus Doyle, alongside my partner in crime and in life. Vince, Vince, yeah, Vince. Vince Lobianda. Hey, that's me. Hey, how about that? We have a lot to talk about. The NFL season's thankfully over. Thankfully. Thankfully, because 10 days until pitchers and catchers. Uh, and speak for yourself, because I am very upset that NFL season's over. I know you're upset. You're a big football fan. I like football myself. Andy Reid's got a ring. And, yes. uh, you know, we're going to dive into that Super Bowl. Actually, Seamus. Yes. Football isn't over. It's over. The XFL will be be starting next week. Oh, the XFL. I'll Is be it, tuning in. I read a story that um, Donald Trump owned like some sort of. Uh, I'm stop you right there. Hold on, no, no, no. But like he owned like a. Um, some sort of football team like that. Is that no, true, Taylor? I, Did you ever hear about I, that? I don't think it is. He, he tried to uh, purchase the Bills yeah. back in the late 80s. Oh, is that That's what it is? Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. it failed miserably. Well, but the, anyway. Um, the XFL. We got. I got to pick a team to root for. I don't know, because Philly doesn't have a team. Uh, Miami Dolphins are probably in it. The <laughs> they, Dolphins are probably, probably in the have XFL. more success in that league. I was going to say, they'll probably get more exposure like not being in the NFL. I'm in all seriousness, though, I probably am going to watch it. You know, There's no other football on. Are, you, are you being serious? I'm going to see if it's any good. All right. Well, let me know. Well, let's talk about the real football now, the, the NFL, the actual I'll talk league. about it. So Chiefs win Super Bowl 54, 31-20. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good game. What did you think? I thought it was boring until the fourth quarter. There weren't a lot See, of like that's, plays, that, like major that's big the bad, plays. It doesn't, it's not all about It was a defensive game in the beginning, and Hold there's on, nothing let, wrong let with that. Let me stop you right there for a second. Go ahead. The Kansas City Chiefs put up numbers entire, the entire year. Like, meaning they were an offensive powerhouse basically the entire year, correct? True. Okay. A lot of people were expecting that to be a, to be a big offensive game for uh, the Chiefs because I don't think the, the Niners' uh, defense is as good as everyone said. That I mean, the Niners' defense statistically ranked second in the NFL. I know, but, like, I think that that's, like, not the case. I mean, did you watch the game? They were in Mahomes' face all day. Yeah, I know, but they were also in Jimmy that G's face. That defense is legit. I mean, the Chiefs' defense stepped it up at the end of the year, too, but they weren't the Niners' defense. But they were both... Uh, both quarterbacks were getting knocked See, around I mean, pretty good. I can't even say... I took the over on this game, which uh, flopped, so it doesn't even matter, but I feel like a lot of people were expecting a defensive game because of the way the two defenses stepped up. Yeah, but there were a lot of people talking about 57 points. Well, yeah, uh, it goes both ways. It was 50-50. It could have went either way. It just so happened to be a defensive battle, which I don't mind. As a true, you know, as you guys would say over in baseball, baseball purist, as a, as a true football purist, I like that you. I love a good defensive football game. I like that you look at me as just like an ambassador for Major League Baseball. Are you not? I don't work for Major League Baseball. You should. I just enjoy the You'd game. You'd be of a baseball. great employee if they hired you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure viewership would double. I don't want to get hired by Major League Baseball right now because I'm trying to take this podcast to the next level, and I'm like trying to get thousands and millions of listeners. So screw okay. screw working for Major League Baseball. But in all Seamus, seriousness... Seamus Doyle is on record. Screw the Major League Baseball. No, no, no. Take that off the record, Taylor. <laughs> scratch that. As I say in Always Sunny, scratch that for the record. But uh, in all seriousness, Vince, what did you what did you think of that game? Um, Like I said, I thought it was a pretty good game. Defensive battle until the end. Let's... Let's uh before we even get into the narrative of the game, I just got the stats in front of me. Let's just read them off. All right, Mr. Patrick, Analytics. Patrick Mahomes was twenty six of forty two, two hundred eighty eighty six yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He had uh, twenty nine rushing yards and added on another touchdown on the ground. Uh, Damian Williams one hundred and four rushing yards, a touchdown, twenty nine receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyree Kill one hundred five yards. He had the long uh, reception of forty four yards at the end of the game, That's which what ended, ended up the being game. crucial. Well, started their comeback. 
Uh, Sammy Watkins, 98 yards, burnt Richard Sherman up and down the field all night. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 43 yards and a touchdown. And then on the other side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 of 30, 219 yards, a touchdown and two picks. Not a great game for Jimmy G. Uh, Raheem Mostert, former uh, Eagles Eagles player, uh, 58 rushing yards, a touchdown. See, I was shocked that he had the, as good of a game as he did. Hey man, because I thought turning around, I, his, he's he's a great story. I thought that game two weeks ago, I thought that was a fluke. Yeah, uh, sometimes that happens. But, but good for him. I think he's good. Uh, Debo Samuel, fifty three rushing yards, thirty nine receiving. I yards. love Debo. He's very good. I, I would love to have Debo. Right. Um, yeah, he would be our best receiver by a mile. By far. Uh, Kendrick Bourne led the team in receiving yards with uh, forty two yards, only on two catches, and then uh, George Kittle only thirty six yards. So Jimmy, what about Tevin Coleman? Was he involved? Uh, he had. Uh, I'm pretty sure he only had a couple carries. I know he did have one big run. I'm pretty sure he, I think ended he had up like with, 30 yards or something. I think he ended up with about 26 yards. Hold on, I'm pulling that's, it up right now. That sounds right. I I believe maybe I'm just that's because it's his number. Hold on. Yeah, Tevin Coleman five carries, 28 yards. All right, makes sense. So not no big numbers really from anyone on the Niners side of things. Uh, like I said, Garoppolo couldn't really get it going. So Kittle didn't have that great of a game and uh. Debo Samuel, they kind of went away from it at the end of the game, which didn't make much sense. But uh, overall, on the Chiefs, uh, Mahomes, probably one of the worst uh, first three quarters of football he's ever played. Yeah, but he, he, didn't really, he didn't really show up until the fourth quarter. I mean, there yeah. were times throughout the course of the game early on where he looked like and then lost. That Niners defense we were talking about, Nick Bosa had uh, five tackles, a sack, Pressure all night on Mahomes, and he had a forced fumble. And DeForest Buckner had six tackles and a one and a half sack. So I mean, they were that D line was legit, dude. They were in Mahomes' face the whole game. That's why he was playing so poorly in the first three quarters. Well, I'm just happy this Super Bowl puts puts the rest of the narrative or the belief that defense wins championships. Am I right? No, I, you're not going to go along. Only with that. allowing 20 points is a big reason why this team won. They had two picks. I'm just saying, man. I mean, 49ers are the defensive team, and they lost. Right. I mean, the Chiefs' defense also did play well. I mean, you got to give them that. No, of course. They were both but, in each uh, other's faces. So, like, some of the things from the game that, like, I took away was uh, Andy, right in the right from the jump, just being aggressive. Uh, he went for it on fourth and one uh, inside the Niners' 10 in the first quarter uh, after Mahomes had that scramble where he picked up the yards, but he got hit and fumbled, and the ball went back. So... They had a fourth and one. That led to a touchdown, so that worked out for him. He converted, got a touchdown. And then in the second, he again went for it on fourth and one at the Niners 20 and got it, ended up in a field goal. So Andy was definitely taking some chances, being a little more aggressive than you know people give him credit for, and worked out for him. Yeah, it did. Andy Andy did well. He had a questionable uh, timeout when I watched rewatched the game earlier. Uh, and like I think it was like at the end of the first half, but other than that, like he definitely uh, he definitely coached a great game. Now, uh, someone who did not coach a great game to me was uh, Kyle Shanahan. He's terrible. So he sucks, dude. I mean, he doesn't suck. He no, was, dude, look at his record in the Super Bowl right now, dude. Oh and two. Oh and two. Well, he sucks. One was that as an offensive coordinator. I know that, but he sucks. Do you see his roster? What yeah. about his roster? Like all these guys that didn't work out on any other team. Right, and someone got to the Super Bowl. Exactly. I don't know, dude. I just don't buy it. He's good. It, look, 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 he's, he's not a good player. He's now coach. maybe, maybe now he slides into the position that Andy Reid once had before this game, where he's a great coach who just can't get it done. 
in the big game. Yeah, but Andy Reid, you're talking about one of the greatest well, coaches of all time. Yeah, now, now he is. Yeah, you can't you can't compare Shanahan to him. No, I'm just saying maybe he'll be that guy because he is a good. He's a very good coach. Maybe. But the the biggest uh, biggest atrocity that Kyle Shanahan committed in this game was not calling a was, timeout. Yeah, the end of the first half, the uh, the 49ers make a stop. The Chiefs are about to punt the ball. There's, I, th- I believe it was exactly like a minute 44 as the play stopped, and the uh, Chiefs were about to come out and line up for their punt. Three timeouts left for the Niners. Three. He uses not a single timeout, so he lets the play, co- play clock. Whoa. whoa, whoa. There's a Freudian slip <laughs> if I've ever heard one. <laughs> he lets the play clock run out as the Chiefs punt the ball. They get the, you know, they take the, it goes into the end zone, they get a touchback. He runs. Over, he does a run play. Doesn't call a timeout again. Then uh, Jimmy G has like a pretty big pass down the middle. Uh, gets them to like almost a fifty. And I believe this time he did call a timeout, which is like, dude, yeah, you should have had over a, at least a minute left in game time, and you're now using your timeout. That's why. How how can you say that, that guy's like a great coach? He he didn't. Be, let's let's just call what it is, what it is. He didn't believe in Jimmy G. Well, he did not I, have faith in his quarterback. You know what? I actually don't blame him. And that, because well, yeah, I don't think Jimmy G's all that good. He didn't do great, but and then uh, right after that was the uh, offensive pass interference they called on George Kittle, which would have put the Niners at about the twenty or thirty. Right. Uh, what did you think about that? That was pretty controversial on Twitter and such. Well, I think it would have been... Co- you mean the, the no call? The, no, the one that did get called, the push-off on George Kittle. Oh, well, whatever. What do you think? You don't think that um, that was uh, worthy so of that? So, my take on it is that... I thought it was pretty per, black and white. Per the rules, I think that, yes, that was a penalty. That was a push-off. Right. But I think in the Super Bowl, it was not that egregious, and it's a soft call. All right. I, it wasn't like this dude used both hands and really pushed off. They were they had their hands on each other the whole route, and then Kittle, he did push off a little bit, but I don't know. It's not the reason the Niners lost. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, they 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 lost because 21 unanswered points in the second half. Right. Or, yeah, that's that's horrible. They like, should have won that game, dude. Looking back, uh, like yeah. like if you're if you're a 49er waking up this morning. It's kind of like I, I'd be like shocked. Stinks, yeah. Then, uh, like we were talking about, uh, Debo Samuel had a pretty big first half, and then in the second half they just went away from him, as they did with the run game in general. I don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't make they, any sense. the The game plan for the Niners in the second half was just odd, but Debo Samuel should have been the biggest part of that game. Oh going. yeah, he should have been. They should have. I don't know why they went away. He from was him. running wild in the first half. Every time they gave him the ball, it seemed like he was doing something great with it. It's just questionable to me. Yeah, and then, like I said, Mahomes under pressure all night. Nick Bosa was really the MVP for the Niners in this game because he was everywhere. Bosa's doing everything. Yeah, he's going to be a great player for a long time to come. The whole uh, 49ers D-line, it's been amazing to watch this whole year that they've been able to get this much pressure just sending four. Like, they don't really blitz that much, and I'm pretty sure that they led the NFL in, like, QB pressure. Yeah, they did. And, like, they only send their four guys, which is crazy. Is. Their defense is incredible. But, I mean, I don't know if they were as good as advertised. I mean, I know statistically this year. But, like, do you really what think that What leads you to believe that? I don't know, man. Do you really think that they were as good as advertised? Yes. All right. I mean, if you don't, let me hear something. Like, what's the reason? Well, they f- lost this game. Yeah. Pretty badly. Teams lose games. But they totally, like, choked. I mean, did they, they had that game. The defense didn't do horrible. Nah. I mean... That 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 uh, last touchdown was basically garbage time. So it was really twenty four points well, yeah. that they allowed, 
And then the, the Niners' offense couldn't get it done. I mean, throwing two interceptions doesn't help your defense. That game's more on uh, Shanahan, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. I mean, honestly, though, it was really cool to see Kyle Shanahan like pay homage to Andy Reid by mismanaging the clock. <laughs> yeah, at the right. end of the first half, like that was a really cool like tribute. He, he pulled to, a, to he Andy. pulled a big red. <laughs> that was a really cool tribute. Uh, Mahomes. Let's talk about Mahomes' two interceptions though. Oh, first of, before we get to Mahomes though, let's talk about Garoppolo's interceptions. That first interception that Garoppolo threw was basically he got hit and closed his eyes and just chucked it. Yeah, he just chucked. Just it. hoped. Just said Debo's Debo's got to be there somewhere. And yeah, it was, was almost bad. as if he didn't know he was in the Super Bowl. That, like I don't that's know something what, that you don't do. Dude, you don't in throw a game that ball. Like, that. like I get you don't want to take a sack, but if you're gonna throw the ball, you make sure it goes out of bounds. He's just not a smart quarterback. I, I think I don't think he's I think he's a bad game. I believe in him going forward. We'll see. But if you're gonna throw the ball in that situation, which I don't think he should have at all, you throw it out of bounds. You make sure it's going out of bounds, or you just take the sack. Dude. He doesn't have a lot of live instinct. to see live to see another play because that ends up biting them in the ass. His second pick was, again, in garbage time, and it was just like... It was actually a pretty good interception. It wasn't really all on him, but he threw in the double coverage. Right. Mahomes, his two interceptions, the first one was, was bad. That the was first bad. one was real bad. He just chucked it right right at the Niners. I, I don't remember exactly who picked it off, excuse me, but just chucked it right at him. I mean, Tyreek Hill was in the area, and there might have been a little bit of a miscommunication on the route, but... It looked like he just put it right in that oh, guy's yeah. hands. That first interception was bad. The second one, a lot of people will say, is still on Mahomes. And don't get me wrong, he's not completely innocent of it. But it it was a little bit behind Tyree Kill, yes. But Tyree Kill is in an elite class of wide receiver. And the guys that I consider elite, I would expect to make that catch, even if it is a little bit behind them. I think it, he should have made that it catch. It tipped off his hands and it went into... You know, the hands of whoever picked it off. Again, I don't really remember, but... That's not all on uh, Mahomes on that That's one. not all on Mahomes. It's like 50-50 at least. It's not like he wasn't even in the vicinity. I mean, Hill was right there. Yeah. And then, like we were saying, uh, when we were talking about Tyree Kill, at the end of the game, he he ended up having the play of the game. Him and him and Mahomes. That 44-yard yeah. completion uh, when they were down by 10 ends up... It was third and 15. That was a, an amazing play. That was a game changer. That was the game changer, yeah. Um, that was probably the biggest moment of the game, like the most exciting moment, probably. Dude, the Chiefs were like, think about this: the Chiefs were down twenty to ten with seven minutes in the game. Yeah, and they end up winning thirty-one to twenty. Yeah, that's a gut punch if you're San Fran. That's like, a big time gut punch. That hurts. That hurts. And then, like, uh, like I said when I talked about uh, Sammy Watkins, Richard Sherman did not have a good game at all. Yeah, but he was getting burnt pretty bad, and. I don't mean to like shit on Richard Sherman because I do like the guy. He's not a good man coverage corner like whatsoever. Well, he's built for the zone, and that's about all he can do. He is older. He's not as fast. And this this Chiefs uh, wide receiver core is probably the fastest of all time. Oh yeah. I mean, every single dude that they line up at receiver is is a fucking burner. I don't think you could blame Sherman. I mean, I'm not blaming uh, him for Sherman's the whole. Sherman's like 50 years old. I mean, He's, he's 31. He's, st- he's still, I would say, extremely he's, productive. He's great in the zone, but putting him man-to-man with anyone on the Chiefs was a bad idea by the Niners' defensive coordinator. I was going to say, that's, that's a coaching... Uh, that is a coaching error because, again, he's a zone corner, and even if you were going to put him man-to-man, you got to put him with someone who matches his speed because all them guys are way faster than he is. And you would think that like in preparing for a Super Bowl that 
things like that would be taken into consideration at team meetings right. with the defensive coordinators right. and head coaches. Yeah. But I guess not. No. And then you want to talk about another play, a big play that could have been. There was a minute 30 left in the game, third and 10, after the uh, the Niners were down. Jimmy G overthrows a wide-open Emmanuel Sanders for what probably <laughs> would have been a touchdown. It definitely would have been a touchdown. That was that was horrible. That, I mean, that was saying. such a bad throw, dude. He overthrew him by like five yards. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good quarterbacks don't make those throws in the Super Bowl. No, they don't. I mean, I think Jimmy's average. He's they could oh. he obviously you could get better. I feel like I still would believe in him going forward, and the Niners have no choice but to believe in him going forward because they dropped a bag on him. But I still don't get that. I, they were desperate. I don't. Oh I mean, dude, the Niners were really one good quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. Like, if easily. Jimmy G plays better, they win. He was the reason. That, I mean, because maybe if he has a better QB, Shanahan uh, doesn't just fuck up the clock at the end of that first half and he lets his QB air it out. Like, flip this. Flip the. Uh, flip the tables here. If that was the Mahomes. Chiefs, if that was the Chiefs on offense right. with that time left and in that same situation. You think Andy Reid's not going to call his timeouts and not let his quarterback? Get him down oh, the field course. and get him some points. Of course, you got to believe in your QB. You even if even if you don't think Jimmy G is great, you got to believe in but him. That's the problem. He definitely knows that Jimmy G isn't great, and he thing, doesn't dude. believe in him. You got to just inspire your team because I mean, I'm assuming these players aren't stupid. I'm assuming at halftime they're thinking like, "Damn, does our coach really not believe in him like that?" Yeah, like you, they 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 got to be thinking that. Oh, definitely, I'm sure. But I mean, uh, that's partly Jimmy G's fault. I mean, he's not that. He's not that good. Uh, he right. He's he's average. He's not great. He's not that good. He's all right. But dude, if you he's look at Mahomes versus Jimmy G, it's like a different stratosphere. Well, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But like they were talking last night about the new face of the NFL, like as far as quarterbacks go, and they were like, "Oh, it's Mahomes." Well, it's like, how could you say that if? If you have Lamar Jackson that just won MVP and you have all these great young quarterbacks, it's like there's a lot to choose from besides Mahomes. Mahomes has a ring now, which is insane at 24 years old. But Yeah, I mean, he, dude, he's well on his way to a legendary career. There's I mean, a lot of young quarterbacks, though, out there. Two, two, years, sleep on. two years as a starter, Patrick Mahomes already has a 50-touchdown season under his belt, an MVP, a Super Bowl, and a Super Bowl MVP in two years as a starter at 24 years old. I think Kansas City's going to be back. I mean, I think they're poised to maybe be the next like dynasty. They they probably will be. They the head. I think Andy Reid coaches for at least another five years. I mean, he's not retiring until Mahomes is done. Well, that could be ten years from now. Exactly. Which, I think he's get, as long. Why would you, dude? As long as that's your QB, you you continue to coach. You're well, gonna, you don't ever know how many Super Bowls he can get you. Well, put it put it this way. I think Andy Reid's like currently sixth on the all time wins list. I think it's something like that. It's six. I think it's six. He's, he's six. Yeah. All right, so say he say he coaches for the next ten years. Well, let's go nine years, right? You said the duration of Mahomes' career. That could be nine years, ten years, whatever. Andy's what sixty-one years old, right? Yeah. So that'll be Belichick's going to be coaching into his seventies. So right. if if Andy Reid has a decent team, including like a few like stinkers in between, like losing seasons, it's two hundred eighty-five wins, right? I mean, 290 yeah. wins. He, he he's never going to catch Bill Belichick. Give him a couple more rings, and he could go. He's going to go down as one of the great. He already is going to go down as one of the great. Like, do you think ever. he needed the Super Bowl ring to like? Now there's a debate. Uh I don't see how. I 
I think that the numbers are there. He would have been considered one of the best coaches ever, but he wouldn't be nearly as high as he's going to be now without the Super Bowl ring. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's what you like. As much as you know, people will say rings don't matter, or whatever. When you're talking about coaches, I feel like that's like one of the only things you can really go off. Well, that's what people are saying that put him over the top as far as the oh, Hall yeah. of Fame goes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think he was a Hall of Fame coach without the ring. I think let's, so, too. Let's say that. I think statistically, that's true. He was a Hall of Fame coach without the ring, but with the ring, he's now one of the greatest coaches. He, he's what are they? higher on the list than he would have been. Yeah, true. But Mahomes, like we said, dude, I, I can't think of any other QB that's had like this crazy of a start. I mean, it's amazing what he's done in such a short time already. I can't wait to see him going forward. Can you imagine him, like, in his prime? Like, I don't even think he's in his prime. I mean, He's 24 years old. 24, and it's only two years as a starter in the NFL. You know how bad that makes me feel about myself? (laughs) He's the same age as you. He's basically the same age as me, and he's a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I guess he put the Madden curse to rest, too. What's that? Madden curse. You don't know what the Madden curse is? No. Jesus. Uh, The Madden curse? Usually the player that's on the cover of Madden the year before the season has, like, a shit year. Uh, it used to be like that. I don't. He's he broke the mold, I guess. Didn't that happen to To? I think I think that happened to To one year. Happened to everybody that was on the cover. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, Taylor. Thanks for for that <laughs> input. I appreciate it, that. It hit Antonio Brown particularly hard. I mean, fuck. Did you see Antonio Brown was out to dinner with like Martha Stewart last night or two <laughs> nights ago? Now that's a dinner I'd like to be a fly on the wall to, he, to watch. Did you see that, Taylor? He posted on his Instagram. And it was a picture of him, Martha Stewart, and her family. And the caption was something like, oh, like these are the people that care about me or something. <laughs> something weird. <laughs> I was like, this is bizarre. What a dynamic. I mean, right. If anyone cares about anyone, it's Martha Stewart. I like that she was in jail. Too. He's, like, did you see that he's, I uh, picture that he's boxing Logan Paul? Who? Antonio Brown. Is he real? I don't believe yeah. that that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's like set. Are you sure it's not like a publicity thing? I mean, it is a publicity thing, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, a publicity thing that they're going to pull it at the last minute. I have no idea. Just to get people talking. I would love to say it. (laughs) See, personally, getting into uh, Antonio Brown for a second, personally, I think that that guy has some serious, serious problems. Uh, Yeah, you think? He's fucked up in the head somehow. Yeah, there's something going on there. It's not even like, like a joke. Like He probably does. No, he's got some serious problems. But I wish him the best. I hope that he can pull himself together. Yeah. I, did you see he issued another apology to the NFL? I think it was yesterday or the day before. See now this is like just, the, this is like the third time he's done that just to follow it up later in the week with like fuck the NFL. But now it just looks like he's begging for like sympathy from the well, NFL. Did you see what his agent said? His agent said like he's done working with him unless he goes to like therapy and gets himself help. See that's bad if your agent goes public and saying something yeah. like that. Like that's, that's when you know really you're bad. <laughs> and then and then the next thing you know, you're out having dinner with Martha Stewart. <laughs> I mean, this guy's like on the fast track to like celebrity apprentice. Right. Well, we've went completely off the rails from the Super Bowl here. Oh well. So that's what happens. In the end, uh I, I think we should was... rename the show Off the Rails with Seamus and Vince. <laughs> that's clever. Uh in the end, pretty good game. Can't complain about it. I thought it was a good defensive game, and then at the end, Mahomes really just showed his poise and was able to bounce back from what was not a spectacular start to the game. And that just shows uh, that he's built for that moment. And how about Andy Reid getting his 222nd win on 2220? Very happy playoffs. for Andy. I know a lot of people in this city uh, still hold hold a little grudge against him. See, last week I was like, I really don't care. 
like I don't care. But now after seeing Andy and his reaction and how thrilled he was and just elated that And he's he was, done nothing but praise yeah. Philadelphia every time it's uh, come up. And when you listen to former players and current players of his... They all love him. All his nothing, players love that guy. They have nothing bad to say about the guy. Right. So, I mean, I mean, they, uh, that says a lot to me. I mean, the guy's probably a really good guy. Look, man, I think it worked out the best for both of us. The Eagles got their coach, and they got a Super Bowl, and now Andy got his team, he got his new quarterback, and he's got a Super Bowl. Exactly. It's a win-win. Well, then there's people, though, that that will never root for Andy because, oh, he didn't get it done here, but he got it done with somebody else. Andy and Reid was one Donovan McNabb choke job away from winning a Super Bowl, and let's talk about it like that. But what I don't understand is, if you're Andy Reid, and you make it to the Super Bowl with a new organization, right? Right. Why would you bring in Donovan McNabb, a choke artist, to talk to the team? Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, he could have brought anybody know. in to talk. Like, like why not bring in, like, Brian Dawkins or somebody like that? Like, why does it have to be McNabb? I don't, I don't understand that. I thought that was odd. That that was an interesting choice. Like, it's like, that that was odd to me, but whatever. Did you, uh, speaking of uh, McNabb, did you end up seeing um, him and T.O.? Yeah, their banter on, uh, Twitter, on Twitter. I thought that was fascinating. And what what I don't get is like what what was that? Was that like some sort of TV show that so, McNabb was on? Yeah, McNabb was on like some kind of I think it was Bleach. I forget exactly. It was who with it. Bleacher Report. Yeah. Okay. So it was with Bleacher Report. Because he was standing around a pool table. He sat down and basically he said, uh, "Here, here's the actual tweet." Quote, I gave a nice peace sign and kept it moving, unquote. Donovan McNabb says T.O. drama broke up the Eagles. His relationship with Owens is still fractured to this day. And here, the, these next couple of tweets I'm going to read, these are all T.O. Oh, shit. Can't wait to tell my story. I'm bringing popcorn, doing sit-ups, and going to eat a couple cans of chunky soup. This guy's a joke, talking about I broke up the Eagles. Did you tell them that you vouched for the Eagles to pay Westbrook, but not me? Then he followed that up with... Hey, at, you know, the guy who interviewed him. So, hey, at whoever. Let me know when you want to hear the truth. Did you ask him about those DUIs and what he was doing at the parties I threw at my house during our time in Philly? All right, so. Mm, don't worry, I'll tell you. So, here's the thing with T.O. T.O.'s going to go in the gutter like he always does because he's, I think he's crazy. I think that's another no, guy I'm that's on T.O.'s side here. All right. All right. Why? Because. He was a distraction. So, I mean, McNab- it seems like McNabb was just easily as wrong in this situation as T.O. was. They just didn't get along. McNabb was urging... McNabb's urging them not to play... Not to pay T.O. Yeah, but Why? how do you know if that's true? Because, I don't like, know. Like, what if I, T.O.'s I just making I, shit up? I don't know. I feel like McNabb would come out and say something. I guess. He hasn't said shit since it happened. I like how he included the chunky soup remark yeah. <laughs> as a hat tip to Mrs. McNabb. He also... Uh, Here's here's another one by Owen. Someone tweeted back at him and said, "Man, I knew as soon as I seen this damn interview, there was about to be, or it was about to be on with you, T.O. LMAO." T.O. replied, "Yes, sir. Grab a seat." And just like him, I handle grown man business. He didn't want smoke when I asked him after me and Hugh got into it that day. But the same offer stands for him today as it did it 16 years ago. This guy, he must be sober now. See, oh, see, here's the thing. Like he's talking about it, like grab popcorn and shit, as if like. Does anybody really care about drama between Donovan and T.O. anymore? It's interesting. I guess it's interesting. Maybe some new things will surface we never heard before because it was always kind of a little oblique, their beef. But it still doesn't matter. But put yourself in these shoes real quick. Imagine you're a guy who, on a broken leg, plays when when you should not be playing. You play in a game where your leg is broke, have the game of your life, 
and you lose because your quarterback couldn't pull himself together and he's throwing up. Yeah. You wouldn't be pissed off? No, I would be pissed off as a competitor, sure. Right. So I get why he was mad. I would be fucking I mad I understand too. why he's mad too, but it's like, that shit happened so long ago. Well, he only brought it up, I guess, because you know, McNabb had some shit to say. And I'm sure that he was asked about it. I didn't watch the interview, actually. I just read the quotes. I'm sure that the interviewer asked him about the topic, but if T.O. felt disrespected, you know T.O.'s not one to hold his tongue. Like, I hope they, like, both, like, go public. Like, I hope they have, like, a debate. Like, that would be hilarious. And, like, <laughs> and, like Eskin's the moderator. Bring them in the first take. Sit them down and let them go at it. Nah, I'm pretty sure that would get ugly. I mean, did you hear the things that he said? Oh, did yeah. you ask him about the DUIs and the shit he was doing at my house parties? I feel like if you paid both of them to have, like, a like a debate to hash it out, they <laughs> would do it. Especially T.O. I mean, T.O.'s all about theatrics like that. So. Yes. He had a reality show one time. For real? Yeah. It was kind of depressing. Why? I don't know. I just remember it being depressing. So, I, yeah, I'm on T.O.'s side. I don't... I think that uh, maybe... I guess I'm neutral. It's he, a lot of hearsay. He said he wanted to come back to the Eagles, but didn't because of McNabb. And that's the third greatest receiver of all time. Yeah, but isn't that a little selfish? Because you don't get along with your quarterback? I mean, you're not going to stay somewhere, but you're not happy. And that dynamic could have ruined the Eagles even more. Yeah, that's true. If they don't get along, that's a whole locker room issue in itself. But it already was a locker room issue. See, right. that's another thing that people don't take into account when they talk about Andy Reid. Oh, he never got us over the hump and this and that. Yeah, but look at what he was dealing with. And that's just what we know of. Just the drama between T.O. and McNabb alone. Yeah. I mean. I'd like to see. That. I, I, I was I was interested in this t- little Twitter beef. I hope it continues. And that was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they haven't really resumed anything. I want to I see some shit come out that we've never heard. That would be interesting. That would be pretty cool. I mean, I never heard about the DUI stuff that T.O. is alleging. We'll see. I guess. We'll I mean, I know. To, it's I know pretty Donovan, common knowledge. Yeah, I know yeah. that Donovan's got busted by that for that, but. I mean, like, he, <laughs> I feel like he knows a lot more, though. Uh, There's I probably mean, other DUIs. I'm sure, I'm sure the T.O. is, like, waiting on his moment to be brought into, like, a, an ESPN show and just start airing him out. Something something might happen. Or he goes on um, he goes on with uh, Skip and uh, Shannon. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, pull a little Orlando Skandrick and yeah. use, get, some, get some fame back. But, uh, all right, Seamus. So, basically, let's wrap up the Super Bowl talk. Good game. I didn't win my bets. That's sad. But I'm happy with a good football game. So, uh, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk a little Phillies? I'll talk a little Phillies. I heard you had something to say, so... Yeah, it's a major s- signing. Did you hear about this, Taylor? Who? The Phillies have a major acquisition, and I feel like we should have music to back it up, but I didn't prepare for that. But uh, I will just like to inform the masses that the Philadelphia Phillies have signed Logan Forsyth. Logan Forsyth sucks. He's an infielder that's been around for like 30 years. And it's like this team continues to address the things that they don't need to address. He's an infielder that's like he's not going to crack the major league club. I mean, you you already have too many infielders. Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison is is on the Phillies now. Right. You have too many infielders. You don't have any pitchers. So, yeah, let's go sign Logan Forsyth. I don't understand that. I don't I really don't get it. I mean, I don't even know who that guy is. You don't know who Logan Forsyth is? No. He was on the Rays for like 30 years. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, he's not a big name, I guess. No, he's not. So the Phillies continue to... The, Philly, ah, the Phillies continue to add people that they don't need. Isn't it crazy roster? that we're sitting here like... As, as good of an ending as it was for the Eagles, they massively underachieved our expectations. 
the but at six, least they made the playoffs. Right. No, no, they, they, they. It was a noble effort. They went out like nobly, but we all were sitting here in the beginning of the year saying Super Bowl aspirations. So they let us down a little bit. The Sixers are currently letting us down now, and the Phillies are getting ready to come up, and it doesn't look too promising for them either. It really doesn't look promising. It's at a all. shame we're not bigger Flyers fans because I feel like they're doing pretty nice. Yeah, but here's the thing with the Flyers: if you get hooked on the Flyers when they're hot, they're going to let you down. It's just the cycle, the never-ending cycle of being a sports fan in Philadelphia. Every now and then, you get rewarded with a championship, but yeah, we we it's I, mostly suffering. That's why we had to cherish that two years ago, man. I still cherish it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I was watching a video. You know, the Barstool guys, they do, like, their videos where after the team wins, they go out into the streets of the city and, like, talk to people that are just going wild. Watching the one from Kansas City, and I know that this is going to sound completely biased, but it was not nearly as, like, insane as the one when they were in Philly. Oh, sure. But uh, the one thing about Kansas City is the Chiefs do have a strong fan base. Yeah. Like, like that's pretty well known. Yeah, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying, like, I feel like Philadelphia is just a different breed. I guess compared to here, you're right. But, I mean, um, as Donald Trump said, he made the the Kansas City Chiefs made the great state of Kansas very proud. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> that was that I'm was that even, was good. I'm not even touching that. That one. was a very good one. But uh, anyway, did he really say that? He did. He deleted it in about oh, two minutes. Oh, it feels like such a deflection. Like he's doing <laughs> something shady on the other side of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I oh god, that's that, bad. That, that was a good one. That was that that got a little laughing at me. But uh. So, I mean, we've already talked Phillies. Nothing else has really happened. But, like, just to go back on it, like, do you have – what are your expectations again? Like, Well, I think Bryce Harper is going to hit 30 home runs and hit 260, I guess. And then I, I still don't understand what you're going to do with Scott Kingery. Like, yeah. like you signed D.D. Gregorius. Like, so where the hell is – where is Kingery going to play? Is he going to play at uh, third? Is he going to play at short? Is he going to play at second? I don't know. So spring training starts in, what, 10 days now or a week or something like that? So I guess yeah. a lot of those questions are going to they're going to be answered in the coming weeks. I mean, I like Joe Girardi as a manager, but like I said, managers don't really impact the game as much as we think they do. As far as the season goes, I know you think baseball managers are really important. I'd say uh, out of the major major sports, second most important. See, coach. I think they're the least important. But That's crazy. We, we can have that discussion for another day. Yeah, right. That's just yeah, it's crazy to me, but because. I don't know, dude. Unless maybe the Phillies will start banging trash cans this year. <laughs> like maybe maybe that could happen, but they'll be less stupid about it. See, I feel like the Astros were just like really dumb about how they went about doing that. As far as setting up a camera in center field and putting a TV like near the clubhouse, it's like come on, man. It's bad stuff. Yeah, it's uh, you shouldn't cheat. I'm I guess go, I'm gonna go on record as saying I am anti-cheating. Does that apply to like all aspects of your life or just? Like uh, yes, did yes. you ever cheat on I'm a not, test? I plead the fifth. All right, see, so you can't be hypocritical with. I didn't say yes or no. I said I plead the fifth. All right, I'm using my Fifth Amendment right. But I can't wait to get opening day. I mean, I still get excited for for baseball oh, season, uh, of course. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to be fired up until they inevitably let me down. But this is <laughs> this is the team that really it could go either way, I guess. But the Braves got better. The the Mets are a disaster, I think. But even though you know they they. They played well last year, but um, I I think the Braves are going to be like our toughest competition this year. I mean the Nationals too. I don't buy the Nationals. I know they, they just had, won the World Series. I know, but I I just I think that was a fluke. I mean I hope Scherzer like tears his ACL or something. Oh my god, that'd yeah. be amazing. And and like Strasburg. We are anti goes down. injuries here too. 
I also don't like how Strasburg went back to the Nationals. I thought that was pretty dumb on he his part. He got a part. bag. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't, now, I don't even know that the Phillies offered him anything, but or if he even had discussions with the other teams. The Phillies have just been asleep this whole fucking offseason. But, like, why they not? They woke up, and they're like, oh, shit, everyone signed, get, grab DD. But if you're the Phillies, why not go out and try to sign a guy like that if when he's out there? Stupid money, Seamus. So, Apparently. So, looking into next season, the starting rotation is going to consist of Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Jake Arrieta, and I guess Pavetta or Eflin or Velasquez. That makes me want to throw up. I guess. I mean, that back end of the rotation is just going to be garbage. Our, uh, we have the same fucking bullpen. And the bullpens. Well, here's the thing about the bullpen. You have guys like Hector Neris that have had success, but he's also, like, he's another streaky guy. He's legit the Odubel Herrera of closing pitchers. He is. And I, there, there's times during the course of the season where if you turn on the Phillies game and Hector Neris is in there, you wouldn't be surprised if he gives up back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs. And, of course, Kapler being Kapler. No, I'm not going to take a reliever out, but I'll take a starter out after three pitches. <laughs> Thank God we don't have to worry about that anymore. So you wouldn't be surprised if he's throwing home run derby out there, and you also wouldn't be surprised if he's lights out. So It's so confusing, dude. It's like every time you watch him close a game, it's like watching a completely different pitcher, like night in and night out. <laughs> I don't know if it's a mental thing with a guy like Hector Neris, which it has to be. Because he's had success at the major league level, it's just I don't trust that guy going forward. And I think Fuck if no. and I think if you have a um, a team with as high expectations, because put it this way, if you have Bryce Harper, I mean you should be trying to contend. And you have yeah. pieces like Zach Wheeler and nice players like Didi Gregorius, and it's just. I said like this, you said, John Middleton saying the stupid money thing is coming just, back to bite him in the ass right now because yeah. he's just not not giving into that. I don't know, man. I think the general manager but has. To I go said too. I said this last time we talked about the Phillies on here a couple weeks ago. I refuse to be looked at as the franchise that wasted Bryce Harper's prime. I know. And I simply will not have the Phillies hold that title. See, I was thinking about that after the show last week, and I was like, you know what? What he's saying is true, and it's it's actually frightening because. I wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years from now, that's what we're going to be talking about, how we wasted Bryce Harper's prime. And that, I hope, doesn't happen. But we're not doing anything right now to to prevent that from happening either. Right. I mean, mean, it's just like, put it this way. I don't think that we're looking at any championships in the near future, at least this upcoming season, whether you're the Sixers, who I think are going to get booted in the first round of the playoffs if they can't figure out how to win a game on the road. If you're and Joel Embiid, by the way, we're getting off topic, but Joel Embiid, he came back from that uh, finger injury. He, yeah. he just we can talk a little Sixers. Let's just uh, he just looks like he's going through the motions right now. Yeah, we can wrap up the we'll wrap we'll talk about little Sixers to wrap up the Phillies talk. But anything else you wanted to say about that? Well, just hopefully, hopefully next week we can come in here and talk about a nice acquisition for the Phillies. Something positive with something, the Phillies. Something positive. Uh, to, to piggyback off what you just said about the Sixers, um. So, us getting bounced in the first round, like... That's probably going to happen. Okay, I'm not going to say that. It's a possibility. No, it's definitely going to happen. They literally can't win on the road. All right, and can we go on record right now? That's definitely going to happen. It's a, So, this is going to be like my Jake Arrieta okay, prediction. Not, it's definitely going to happen. Oh, so you're trying to, you're trying to say the opposite of what yeah. you're saying is right now is going to exactly. happen. Okay. In all seriousness, though, it... It wouldn't surprise me at this point. They can't, they win, can't win on the road. And it's one of them things where all season I've been saying, 
all right, like we'll it's it's early. We'll fix this later in the year. Well, we're at that point now where it should be fixed. These same issues shouldn't be happening. No, they shouldn't be happening. They're a disgrace. You have guys like Joel Embiid, they, who is the franchise guy that looks like he's out there going through the motions and just doesn't care. It, it's just something is just wrong with this team. I mean, people say coaching is whatever, but here's here's what I have I to say. I still about think that. Brett Brown needs to go. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Whether you know it, whether I know it or not, they control that organization. They have all the leverage in the Sixers organization to do whatever they want. So that's why a guy like JoJo is acting like he's acting. At least Ben Simmons pretends that he gives a shit about ba- about playing basketball, and at least he tries. And he's been playing a lot. Uh, he's been playing very well recently. Right. Uh. Yeah. He. He definitely. Everyone again would love to see him add that shot. Well, he's been he's, shooting well recently, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he he always shoots well, like percentage-wise. Just the type of shots that he takes bothers people because he doesn't take jump shots. Also, I don't understand like that they don't have a guy that can shoot a three-pointer. Like, dude, against I don't, our, I just don't get that. In our last game, uh, a horrible game against the Celtics, which we get blown out on the road. Joel Embiid has 11 points, shoots one for 12. One for eleven from the field and zero for four from three. Yeah, that just can't happen. He shot uh nine for nine at the free throw line. That's your franchise but player. In no world should your all star center, who is one of the best players in the league, should have one field goal. Yeah, that's that's one for eleven in twenty three minutes. Like, come on, dude. Ben Simmons did play very well in this game. Twenty three points, uh, shot nine of fourteen. With nine rebounds and five assists to add on, dude, that was a humiliating game, dude. Like, like that was that was hard to watch. Yeah, uh, that Celtics the, it, game. Shit like that is what gives me, and it's not just the good teams that we play like shit against on the road. Like, I'm convinced right now that if we played a seven game series against the Orlando Magic, it's going seven. We'd win. <laughs> We'd win it because we're the higher seed. But I guarantee you that the home team wins every game in that series because they're just one of them teams that gives us problems. Oh yeah. Like, we have no problem beating the dog shit out of teams like the Bucks and the Lakers at home. We're just a whole different team on the road. Like, See, what that's the, the hell? I think How does it happen? I think they're three and one. Aren't they three and one against Boston this year? Yeah, Something that like was that? our first loss to Boston. Okay, so so they can beat Boston, but then they they get embarrassed by them. Dude, it's it's this dynamic. I, I, I don't understand it, and I I guess it is the the coach has something to do with that. I mean, you. I, it's got to be a little coaching that you can't get your guys up for road games against anyone. Yeah. Against anyone. I'm pretty sure that the Sixers only have two losses at home. They're lucky they're so good at home. And, like, the crazy thing is, like, about the playoffs and what's going to happen and everything is right now the Sixers are, are, I believe, the sixth seed. Now, take that with a grain of salt because the third through sixth seeds are all separated by, like, a game or two. But if the six, unless another team, like, has a drastic slide and the Sixers continue to not win on the road the way they have been, we're going to finish around the sixth seed. Oh, yeah. And if we have to play a top team where we're not the team that, you know, will get the last game at home, I have no reason to believe we can win home games, especially in the playoffs, which is a different beast. Or not home you games, mean road away games. games. Yeah, road games, sorry. Home games, I completely buy into the team. They're, they're going to get bounced in the first round, dude. I don't, I'm not going to definitely say that's going to happen because... We're probably going to end up... I'd like to say what I think is going to happen is the Sixers will finish a top three seed, top four. Like, I, maybe it's just my blind optimism here, 
but I'm hoping for a little bit of a push by the Sixers. Like they need to do something. They have to. But the as long as the way this roster is constructed, they have to do something. But right now, I'm not too confident in a seven game series against the other top teams in the East, like the the Bucks, the Heat. Well, you're not confident in one against Orlando, are you? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, that should we go seven because we'd lose every road game. That team just it, it it makes no sense. They're one of those teams that just have our number. That they're not good, but they always give us a game or beat us. Oh yeah. It's kind of frustrating. It is frustrating. The Sixers are the most frustrating team in Philadelphia right now. I don't know. I mean, the Phillies are pretty frustrating because they just refuse to spend money and they refuse to get better. But th- but that's even but worse because you know what I mean. Like the least- Sixers are doing the same thing right now by not making any trades. I yeah. mean, I haven't even heard them in that many like trade talks. I heard that they're looking at Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose does not solve our problem. They want to bring Covington back. I'd I'd be about that. I want. We need someone that can shoot the ball. As good as Derrick Rose is playing, he does not fulfill the role that would be needed. He's a good ball handler. He's fine, but he's not a good. He's not a great shooter. He's also which is what we need. I feel like he's too old. I mean, he's he would be fine, but again, I think we need a shooter. We need to get Al Horford out of the starting lineup. He's terrible. And in order to do that, you need a guy that you can plug in at the two. Well, here's the thing: they're trying to trade Horford, but I don't. I don't get what the point is in doing that either. Also, I don't know. Like, I don't know if anybody would take him. I, I don't know who would want him or what you, exactly what the value you get from him at this point is, which sucks because like he's been a he's been a big 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 disappointment, horrible. Like he's been straight up horrendous at points, well, like in that last game. Yeah, that's true. But dude, even guys like Mike Scott have been terrible. All Nine points, too. four for eleven shooting, one for six from three. Yeah, and he was. My, minus eight on the court. Our entire starting five was just not that good, except for Ben Simmons. I mean, even Tobias, 10 points, four of 12 shooting. Yeah, Toby's like one of those guys that's either off or on. I mean, I'm not going to shit on Shake Milton because I don't expect that much. Well, of him he's not all that like, good. He's No, he's good. He's good for a, a relatively young, newer player. He just got caught up not that long ago. Yeah. He's been doing fine. I mean, they're plugging him into the starting position already. So you shouldn't it's have like, any expectations for Shake Milton. Right, right. And he, he didn't even play as bad as the other guys, dude. He he had the same amount of points as Joel. Yeah, so going forward, what do you think? So you think they're going to end up with a two or three seed? This uh, I'd say I think realistically, maybe they make it up to the fourth or fifth seed. All right. Do I think they get bounced first round? I do not because they'll play a team that they're better than. And I think that, you know, their road record sucks, but I think they will be able to win. A road game or two They'll have a against adrenaline. one of these worst teams, but once they face the Bucks and the Heat or the Celtics, that's where I get worried. That's where I start to think that we just can't handle a seven-game series where we have to play multiple road games against good teams. I just don't understand because they didn't they beat the Lakers this year. They just crushed the Lakers at home. They beat, but that's at home. They beat the Bucks on. They crushed the Bucks on Christmas. And then they can't beat Boston when they're not healthy. Or, well, I don't know. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. It's one of the most confusing dynamics that I've ever seen with a team. Something. Maybe they're trying to send a message. I'm serious. <laughs> What's the message? Get this head coach out of here. We don't. We don't want to. We don't want to play for him. I see. I don't think that they're doing that with the way they're playing. I think that, like I said before, you why? Know, I mean, look at JoJo, dude. He looks like he's literally going through the motions. Yeah, Joel has. Uh, 
he's not been doing himself any favors when it comes to the fucking shit that he gets from the media in the city. He's just feeding into their. Maybe st- they rushed him back. I, I don't know. I have no it, dude, idea. it was a finger. Like, it wouldn't affect him the way it did in that game. Like, like you said, it looked like he was just didn't care. He was just standing there. It looked like he just didn't care. Yeah, he did, yeah, but at least Ben Simmons cares. I think Ben Simmons is the best ben, player on that team by far. When you put, regardless, I don't care about his shooting. When you put Ben Simmons on the floor, you know that you're always going to get the most he's got. Yeah. He's going to give you his all. It is, it's sad that the same cannot be said for Joel. Because when he's playing his best and when he's really caring and he's on, I mean, the dude is a top, top 10, like bottom half of the top 10 in the NBA. Like, Top eight, top seven. That's his problem. He doesn't. He when he doesn't care, it's really bad and it hurts the team. He's got a a lot to figure out. I mean, because the last thing that I like I said with the whole Philadelphia disappointment shit, it would just be really sad to see the Sixers get an early exit. Yeah, but everything's dude. I, I mean, if the Sixers don't make the conference finals this year, I think Brett's gone. So that's a plus we can draw from maybe them getting bounced early. I think he's definitely gone. If that happens, if they make the conference finals or make the actual finals, I think he's his job Why? is safe. What do you think? They give him another year. They give him another. Yeah, I mean, if you can make the conference finals, I think that they would run with them for another year. But going into this At season, least. going into this season, the expectations was NBA finals for this team. I right? feel right or wrong for me. A lot of people. I feel like the consensus was at least the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. So I feel like that would save. I mean, his but job. people are saying finals contenders. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I I mean, if you make the Eastern Conference Finals, you're a final contend- right. finals contender. Like you're right up there amongst the uh, elite teams. But uh, that would be a plus you could draw away from uh, if we get bounced before Brett will be gone. The only thing is, I don't know who we're hiring. I was going to say, I don't know that there's anybody out there that could make Joel Embiid care about playing basketball. But the thing is, and I, I, I don't I'm tired of... I don't I'm, understand who, who could come in here and, and and write this shit for the Sixers. The thing is, though, I'm tired of look. I used to look at it that way, too. Oh, we can't fire him because who do we hire? I'm tired of living like that where we're just not doing it because we don't know what's out there. You got to figure it out at some point. You have to find out. Yeah, but the problem it's is... Like it, this, it's like the Eagles with Andy Reid. Like... He was a good coach. He wasn't, at some point, he became stagnant. He wasn't getting them where they needed to be. I also think they let Andy Reid go like a year or two too late. Yeah, right. He should have been fired the year before he got fired. He shouldn't have coached that last year. No. But do you want to just keep sitting around with a guy like who's good but not getting you where you need to be with the talent you have on your roster solely because you don't know if there's something better? But that's the problem with with the NBA. It's like in baseball, there's 7,000 qualified managers that are around either retired or you could get them from other teams it's like in basketball where are these guys like I don't even know if there's a short list of people competent coaches that could replace Brett Brown that people will be like oh yeah that guy's definitely going to write the ship for the Sixers I can't think of one right I mean it'd be interesting to see who they would end up hiring I mean I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who I think no. Come in here, but maybe Elton Brand goes from <laughs> from GM to uh, he takes over both roles. Maybe he takes he pulls a Chip Kelly and just controls everything. To Stan Van Gundy, there you yeah, go, there you go, Taylor. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting end of the year for the Sixers. Uh, might not be too it. great for us. 
I just can't wait for spring training. As much as I've shit on the Phillies for the lack of roster moves, I'm excited for baseball because at least with baseball, there's hope. Baseball season is just a happy time of it's year. It's a happy time of year. Because the weather's getting nicer. People are drinking Bud Light seltzers. Everybody's oh, singing no free the, ads. Uh, no free ads. the center field song by, uh, what the hell is his name, Taylor? But from uh, CCR. I always forget his name. No idea what you're John talking about. John Fogarty. No idea what you're talking about. It's a about. great baseball. So you never heard the song Put Me In Coach? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I didn't know that was the name of it. Yeah, that's, well, it's called Center Field. See, you learn sure. something new every single day there when you, you, when you uh, talk with me. I'll write that down. Also, uh, Taylor, can I ask you a question? Yes. As we're, as we're getting to the final minutes of the show. Dom Rickles, or uh, what the hell is his name from Caddyshack? What the hell was his name again? Roddy Dangerfield. Which one's funnier? I say Dom Rickles. What do you say? Don Rickles, stand up wise, yes, but what I mean, mean, Caddyshack is like one of the best movies sure, ever. Sure, but he was an actor in that movie. Don yeah. Rickles was funny in real life. I'm telling you, there's a difference. And his wife was from Philadelphia. So, boom. So, you're being biased. There's a Philly connection there with Don Rickles. So, that's called being biased. It I, is I think you should ask Vince, though. All right, Vince, as a guy that's probably heard of neither one of these people. I've never heard a right, single piece of media by either one of these I men, don't so understand. I simply cannot weigh in. I don't understand how you can be an adult in this world in the year 2020 and not know one of the founding fathers of comedy, Don Rickles. I, I just can't believe it. Why would I do that when I could just listen to Dave Chappelle, who I'm assuming is better than both? I don't know, man. It's it's totally different humor. See, that's 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 where Taylor and John, maybe, maybe well, Taylor, no, but John definitely doesn't understand that there's different types of humor. And Rickles is on one side of the humor, and his favorite guy, whatever the hell, Caddyshack Man's on a different end of the spectrum. <laughs> Caddyshack Man. Have you even seen that movie? Yeah, multiple times. Okay. I never have. What is it? Are we going to have a test now? No, I, I, I was just curious. I mean, yes, yeah, when, I you're, have. when you're putting out hot takes like this, I guess I assume it's a hot take because I don't, again, don't well, know no. either of these guys. Well, no, I'm interested in like the old school comedy sometimes. So I'll go on YouTube and I'll type in the people that run Carson and, you know. Do you Kevin know Hart. Kevin Hart's funnier than both of them. Do you know who Johnny Carson is, Vince? No. Are you serious? Yes. You really don't know who Johnny Carson is? No. I don't understand why I'm the hated one in the, out, how, of the, out, of the, out of this duo. How old's your dad? Oh, uh, he's about to turn 50. All right, so yeah. his dad's about to turn 50. He he probably... I mean, he would definitely remember him, yeah. Yeah, well, well Carson went off the air in the in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So... Yeah, ask, uh, ask your dad. Uh, you should ask your dad about that, because Johnny Carson was, like, the all-time greatest talk... Is he, as funny, is he funnier than Kevin Hart? Well, he was a late-night talk... I can't <laughs> believe we're even getting into this right now. This is, like, embarrassing to even talk about. Trying you're, to explain... You're not even good at the trolling thing. Trying to explain who the hell... Johnny Carson is to 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 a grown man. I mean, that's just like incomprehensible. Shut up! All right, I'm just saying, dude. I'm not trying to rip you or anything else, but dude, I mean, that's embarrassing. You're 20, right? Yeah. I feel like majority of 20 year olds don't know either. Right. Like, don't shit on just me. Well, listen, then that's an indictment on society. I mean, that that is an indictment on the world in which we live. All right, boomer. That that living legends are not recognized. Okay, they, I'm sure you know who Irvin Magic Johnson is, but you yeah. don't know who who uh, who Don Rickles is. Yeah, because I don't give that much of I don't care about comedy that much that I dig back in again. Fair enough. If I'm going back in time, the furthest I'm going back is like Dave Chappelle's early stand up. Fair enough. That's all I need. That's fair enough to me. Seamus really is a boomer. He really Bruce. is. He he loves, loves Bruce baseball. Springsteen. He loves I, Don Rickles. I am just a 
You are dead serious a boomer. I'm just a man. I'm a grown man that likes good music and good comedy and uh, a nice baseball game. Is Bruce Springsteen good music, though? Uh, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> is one of the greatest musicians slash songwriters in the history of music. This is great. The first Bruce Springsteen rant of the podcast. Well, because I'm surrounded three by... Ep- I can't believe it took three episodes to get one of these. I'm surrounded by people that don't like Bruce Springsteen. I'm surrounded by people that don't like Don Rickles. I'm surrounded by people that don't like baseball. I mean, I'm really coming into the lion's den every week. I and mean, I'm giving it my best. As far as I've heard, no one said they didn't like Don Rickles. They just said they think... Uh, well, Mr. whatever the other guy's name is, is funnier. I forget the name. Caddyshack guy. Caddy, yeah. yeah, Caddyshack man. Well, well, here's Rodney my Dangerfield. Here's my problem. Rodney Dangerfield. They said they think he's just funnier. They didn't say they hate Don Rickles. Yeah, but John said that Don Rickles always said the same thing over and over and over again with a Frank Sinatra story, which is true. He bragged about a Frank Sinatra story because he was friends with Frank Sinatra. If you were friends with Frank Sinatra, you would do the same thing. Who's friend? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> John's totally a hater, though. And Vince doesn't know who uh, Frank Sinatra is either. That was a joke. No, no, no. See, the people that are listening after just hearing me not know all these comedians, they might think you're serious about that, so... Don't you fucking well, Vince, I wasn't trying to rip you. You know what I mean? But, but it's too late. That's how passionate I feel about Don Rickles. What's what's the oldest comedian you can name, Vince? Jeez. I mean, like, I've never heard, like, a lot of their stuff, but I know, like, some old people. Do you know who George Carlin is? No. Oof. See, that's a tough one for me to swallow. It, rip a few off, and I'll let you know if I've heard of them or not. George Carlin. No. So that's a no. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think myself of the other ones. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't really think of the, like old time comedians off the top of my hand. Besides, like, because again, Rickles is considered an all time great. Dangerfield's considered an all time great, and Carlin certainly is considered an all time great. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld gets on my nerves. I've heard of. Obviously, I've heard of him. I've never listened to his stand up or watched his show. You're not missing much because I don't find Jerry Seinfeld to be all that funny. Richard Pryor. I've heard of yes, okay. He was one of the ones I was getting name. I've heard of him. Richard Pryor's good. Never listened to any of his stuff though, but I've heard of him. Andy Kaufman. No. See, I'm not really f- too familiar with Andy Kaufman myself. If you you would like him, if you like those other guys. All right, I'll have to check him out on the YouTube tonight. See, I see. I don't know, dude. Like, I just think comedy's so important. Like Louis C.K. In my opinion, controversial oh, no. guy. Oh no, controversial guy. Whatever he has his problems. We all have problems. But I think he's not a, those kinds of problems. But like com- modern day comedians don't really make me laugh as much as guys like Carlin or uh, Carlin and uh, Rickles. You did. consider Chappelle a modern day comedian? Sure. Okay. Sure. I, I didn't know. Is he still doing? Uh, yeah, he's still doing it now. But today? I feel like now he's like the old guy in the room. Like, well, he's like the Eminem of. Uh, well, comedian here's right why I'll tell you he's a modern... Except he's better. Here's why I'll tell you he's a modern-day comedian. Because he's alive. And everyone I just listed is dead. <laughs> Carlin's dead. All right, all right. Rickles is dead. Dangerfield is most certainly dead. Let's not get, like, depressing. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe... Do I need to, like, study up on my uh, uh, stand-up comedy I'll, I'll like, send, put next time before the next time I come here? Put it this way. I'll send you a few uh, links tonight of, uh, Carson, of uh, Rickles and George Carlin. And I got to look up who? Kaufman? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Kaufman? Kaufman. Okay. K A U F M A. Oh, that is not how okay. I would have spelled it. Well, I mean, whatever. I don't know how to spell, so. That's okay. You went to Roman, so. So did you. That's to be expected. But no, seriously. So by next week's show, to wrap up the show, we're going to wrap it up right now. I thought we had a good discussion. Next week, it's going to be an even broader topic. 
uh, with with comedy towards the end okay. because I want to see how much you studied. So you have homework. You're going to study. Uh, you're going to study the comedians I just mentioned, and uh, and we'll talk about it next week. And we'll talk about the Phillies landing an all-star pitcher. Oh yeah, uh, that's wishful thinking. But all right, guys, thanks for tuning into the show. We will see you back here next week at five thirty. Hopefully, I'll have a better appreciation for stand-up comedians. Long live all right, Tom see you Rickles. back here.